everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 308, A Space Hello, Big Chillians. Welcome back, as always, to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always with Sam and Eddie. So, guys, I got some bad news. Our petition to host Monday Night Football was not accepted, but the Manning brothers are going to be hosting an alternate Monday Night Football on ESPN2. What do you guys think about that? Are you going to watch the Mannings on ESPN2? Or are you going to watch the normal broadcast of Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry? Wait, is this all the the three Manning brothers? Like no, Cooper, it's Eli? Just, no Coops. Just, oh, then <laughs> just I'm out. Peyton and Eli. <laughs> so then I'm out. If Cooper had been involved, I was in. But I mean, Peyton's doing, the, big, the big pull there, right? But. They're doing a Monday night football mega cast. So it's going to be 10 games a year for the next three seasons. And it'll feature current and former NFL players while the Mannings will broadcast from a remote location. What a life, right? Just what a, what a, <laughs> what a deal they've been able to negotiate there. They've basically tried to sell Peyton Manning on the idea that he's going to have to fly to wherever the Monday night game is, you know, 16 times a season. And then he said, how about instead I do the show from wherever I want with my brother? And they've gone, yeah, let's write you a check. (laughs) Sold. I mean, you do ask about Coop. Peyton Manning currently hosts a game show. I think it's on CBS. And Coop is on it. (laughs) I mean, Cooper Manning is legitimate. I actually think they're all pretty funny. Like Eli is quiet, but when you see his like, social media comments and stuff. He clearly has a pretty good sense of humor. It will be interesting to see on this show whether he comes out a little bit more because up until now he ha- he has been pretty quiet as his overall personality. But Peyton's funny. Peyton's, I might classify Peyton as athlete funny, but on the higher end of athlete funny, whereas Cooper Manning is legitimately funny. I would say Peyton Manning is the top echelon of athlete funny. He is. He is, but he's still, people go overboard, right? Because they're, you're mostly comparing him with a piece of cardboard in terms of personality and humor. And so then as soon as they say something remotely quick-witted, people go overboard with, oh my God, what a comedic genius. It's strange because Eli Manning just took a job with the New York Giants as I think some sort of business operations fan engagement thing so it's interesting that he's also able to do this on the side maybe they just can't do giant games i don't know what a life that would just what a life just get to write checks for whatever jobs you want basically yeah (laughs) they're basically just incredible consultants just walking around with this 24-hour calendar and just going find some time sign me a contract and get me there it's they've got a pretty good deal yeah it's nice i mean even cooper manning just family win for him i mean i know he was a very good high school football player and it's one of those things people like to say potentially the most talented of the three of them i always think that's the easy thing to say about the one whose injury prevented them from going pro it's sort of the nice thing to say if you're peyton manning you know cooper was the best of us because 
no one can really ever put that to the test. But still, what a just just manning name for the win on all things at the moment. Yep. And you mentioned, you know, Peyton being funny and he's been in SNL. He's had some some acting gigs. We can use that to transition to one of the NBA's more prominent athlete, comedian, actors in LeBron James with Space Jam coming out. Have you seen the reviews? I have not watched it yet. I will watch it this week, but the reviews are in. The reviews aren't good. good. They aren't good. The reviews aren't good. (laughs) But I did also see a tweet that's. I think it's gone fairly viral, just reminding people when people are insulting it for being corny and stupid that it is a movie intended for children, not for 35-year-olds. And I do think... It's a little bit like when we were doing the week by week, the short lived week by week that we did on the Mighty Ducks TV show. There is that moment where, yes, they're playing on the nostalgia and yes, they like the idea that people who had it in there as part of their childhood are going to watch this again. But it is the target audience is fundamentally eight year old kids, not 35 year olds. You're right. But the difference is, is the originals were still targeted for kids but as an adult, I mean, I recently watched both Space Jam and the original Mighty Ducks and still enjoyed them. The new Mighty Ducks TV show was not enjoyable. You watched every episode, though. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's to. true. We, well, I stopped. To. No, you don't. You didn't. <laughs> That's the you key didn't. part. <laughs> um, I mean, you nearly, we nearly just submarined this podcast by committing to that bit. <laughs> 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 but, uh, torpedoed ourselves um, <laughs> um i think you're right although it's impossible for me look i went to the i watched the space jam in the movie theater with my dad i can remember doing that i remember him i guess enjoying it it's not like we walked out and he was you know yelling and screaming about, wheeling out how, how, oh how my god oh my god <laughs> But he didn't blow his brains out mid-movie. So I guess, you know, how it's impossible for me to now re-watch Space Jam and have an honest assessment of would I li- would I have liked this if I had been 35 in 1995? I I can't I can't put myself and I also think I guess that the the other challenge for this Space Jam is Michael Jordan was such a big thing. LeBron James is huge, but Michael Jordan was huge on a different scale that I think almost everyone then became interested in seeing Space Jam because you just wanted to see the Michael Jordan movie. Whereas I couldn't convince, if I were eight years old right now and my parents were, you know, the age they were when Space Jam came out, I don't think I could convince them, we got to go see that new LeBron James movie. Because I think they'd be like, who cares? But it... But it's also the fact that when it comes out in like the 90s or whatever it was, like going to the movies was like an event and an occasion and it mattered. Whereas I think now, I don't think it has like as much of a pull where I remember feeling like going to Space Jam, like it was a great event and it was a great thing. And seeing Jordan on the big screen was like, oh my God, wow, this is, this is amazing. So you almost like built it up more. Whereas this one, I just think there's too much content for me to like care that much. So I've got some reviews. I'll I'll read the, you know, like punchline of some of the reviews. So this one, one of the more positive reviews. Space Jam A New Legacy contains a better and more urgent story than the first one, 
but the film's focus on established Warner Brothers IP makes it feel more like a commercial for better movies than anything else. That was one of the more positive ones I could find. The next one, in the pantheon of misguided sequels and reboots, A New Legacy is right up there with Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, and Little Fockers. <laughs> Next that's a real one. that's a Here's real compliment the... that's a real compliment for paul Compliment. blart mall cop because <laughs> yeah. it's cop. got it's been just thrown into a pantheon of original movies it does not deserve to be in here's the thing about basketball it's extremely watchable here's the thing about space jam and new legacy it's not it's pretty good you will be amazed by how little I the love. basketball game resembles an actual sport and how hard it is to sit through. I mean, wait, you, so, you could wait, level they, the same. Oh, wait, you could level that same critique at the original Space Jam. What, what, so their criticism of it is not realistic enough. <laughs> is that what they're getting at there? <laughs> I did like, and I don't want to turn all barstooly on this. I did like the fact that people were making fun of LeBron James because he was sitting courtside at Game Five of the NBA Finals and. The like the his name and his description came up, and it was LeBron James, star of Space Jam Two, <laughs> not not LeBron James, multi-time NBA champion MVP. And all. Here, here, this could be the best one. Will end up being as fondly remembered as Shaquille O'Neal's Kazam and Meta World Peace doing the cha cha on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Speaking of which. Trying to get Meta World Peace as a guest, so if he comes on, we can we can <laughs> discuss that with him. We can ask if he's happy to have that comparison level. But yes, it is currently a thirty-six on Rotten Tomatoes. But keep in mind, the original was only a forty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's oh, only so doing large tracking. Worse. Yeah. So are you going to? Are you got plans to see it, or do you not care, and you'll just wait till it's on something? It's on HBO Max now. Yeah. So I'll watch it probably this week because I have HBO Max. And then I can give you my one line tagline. Not realistic. <laughs> I think you'll like it. Just knowing you, Frank, I think you'll kind of like it. Knowing the Mighty Ducks as well, I think you'll like it. I too. don't think you'll love it, but I don't think you'll dislike it as I think you'll give it like a 60 as a score, which is really bad for you. But I think that's where <laughs> well, you're going to land. It'll have to be, I think, directly compared to the original so i like i have to think what i would give the original and then what i would give this one i think i'd give the original around a 55 60 Probably. it holds a place in your heart it yeah i mean eight-year-old me would have given it an 85 but eight-year-old me also wasn't watching the shawshank redemption so, you know, it's difficult. My, I wasn't comparing it to masterpieces of cinema at that stage. So it was, which one do I like more, Space Jam or Jumanji? But um, I think probably Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah, but still. Um, <laughs> uh, Next question, eight-year-old Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, which other movies did I watch around that period? Which Jurassic one? Park? Yeah, Jurassic Park would have been around then. Jurassic Park, Park. For sure. Jurassic Park. Okay, Jurassic Park. Okay, so Space Jam's going downwards here. All what right, else let's can we give it? <laughs> Space Jam or Aladdin? Aladdin. Space or is Jam. this just a year old Eddie? Aladdin, I would still probably say. I would still. 
Space uh, Jam or The Lion King? Yeah. Still, still, still Lion not King. Space Jam. Can I, <laughs> can I pick? Okay, we, can you pick a film that you would say Space Jam beats from um, a film I liked? Right, because I could pick films that, but like seminal movies from my childhood. Could I pick one where Space Jam wins? I think not. That's an, actually an interesting way of reviewing it. Probably not. So it even wasn't that good when you were eight. <laughs> I mean, I loved Michael Jordan. I know that doesn't make me unique, but I loved Michael Jordan. I mean, I was in the full be like Mike Kemp. I loved going to Bulls games. I had so much Chicago Bulls gear. I loved wearing Air Jordans. When his sunglasses, his Oakley sunglasses came out, I bought those. Even though, when I say I bought them, I forced my parents to buy them. Uh, the first cologne I ever owned was the Michael Jordan cologne. This was when I was 10. What is the Michael Jordan cologne? He had his own fragrance. He was very ahead of the times, you know, when he was just doing everything and anything. So the Space Jam coming out, there was a lot of comparisons on like Bleacher Report and stuff of what would alternate sports versions of Space Jam be. So let me throw it to you, do. If there was a football version of Space Jam, Let's call it, I don't know, Space Touchdown. Wow, how long did you take thinking about that one, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I was going to say Space Hail Mary. I was going to say Space Hail Mary, but that would have gotten controversial. That's at least more creative. (laughs) Just Space Touchdown. What's the soccer one going to be? Space Goal? (laughs) Space Kick. (laughs) Okay. Space Ace for tennis. Not bad. Space Space Try Rugby? Yeah. No, that wasn't the, the question. Was what? Not what is it going to be called? Who's going to star as the, the Michael Jordan, LeBron James for the NFL version for the American football version? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, right now, easy over Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, so that's a good way of putting it. Like, who's the? If you had Space Jam one and two, and they were set like similar points, who would be the nineties? Oh, space n- touchdown. Mid nineties. Tom Brady would be both. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Tom Brady is Space Jam 1 through 7 in the NFL. Um, uh, No, I think it has to be Patrick. Because you have to think of who's more popular with kids. And Mahomes is clearly, if you're a 7-year-old kid who's not a Patriots or a Bucks fan, and you're like, I love Tom Brady. I just love his, I love the way he's he's so efficient in the pocket. I love how he makes up with kids. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which, Which quarterback is most likely to kiss me? Tom Brady. I want him in Space Jam. This so is an odd of, questionnaire. This is an odd survey. I just got <laughs> one of the answers that was pretty funny was Tom Brady fights cartoon versions of his teammates to save his sons who are being kept hostage by Bill Belichick. <laughs> I can see Bill Belichick being the villain very yeah. easily. Yeah. I mean, the other reason why it can't be Tom Brady is I think an aspect of Space Jam is the superhero style athletic ability like that's part of the jordan part of i'm sure it will be a little bit a part of the lebron bit is there is there sort of and tom brady is a normal guy who's just really good at throwing a football and uh, reads the game really well but if you want him going there's like a cartoon style of play right it's almost like mahomes mahomes i think cam newton would have been a really good one back when cam newton was really in his prime 
and then pulling the Superman celebration would have been perfect for a Space Jam movie. So, oh, yeah. Yep. So you are right. One of the main ones was Patrick Mahomes needs to fight off the evil Lord Brady and his goon squad. Why did they have to make one of the other people a real person evil? Because that's not a premise in Space Jam. (laughs) All right. How about this one, Eddie? You might enjoy this one. It's also another making a person evil. Andy Reid threatens to eat all the cheeseburgers of the world unless Tom Brady beats him with Bugs Bunny and his gang. (laughs) I think that was the premise of this. Would you Super watch Bowl. that movie? No. <laughs> I like that it's still the Goon Squad. Like they they cross sports. Like, what should we do this year? <laughs> I mean, in a way, it, it's a the premise again is kind of more suited to football. Like the idea that these are these really physically imposing, dominant people, and then you've got an offensive line that's you know Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. That's kind of funnier than the basketball part of it where it's like, okay, well we can kind of overcome your physical limitations a bit more easily than you could in football. If you had to do it for soccer, I mean, it's Ronaldo, right? It's Ronaldo. Yeah. Or Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Is, is Ronaldo too sexy to star in it? (laughs) A question that's never been asked before. (laughs) A question that Frank has thought about a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I said about everything. Too much raw sex appeal to be in a, a kid's movie. I think he'd be okay. I mean, Messi could be in it, but then the movie would eventually just be done for tax tax avoidance. So it'll be a write off. <laughs> yeah, that would that would that would be the the end of that movie. Um, hey, Neymar yeah, is it, pretty good at acting on the pitch. True. No, I think it would have to be Ronaldo. And again, a little bit in the Ronaldo versus Messi debate again, just because you'd have the Ronaldo jumping and stuff, it, it becomes he becomes a little bit more of a superhero figure than just Messi's incredible ball control. Any other sports? Um, well, you need Cricket. team sports, right? Cricket, yeah. Space, space wicket, <laughs> space wicket, space wicket, space six. Space is so boring, <laughs> so dumb. Space six, space boundary, yeah. boundary space of space, yeah. boundary of space. Uh, um, cricket would be, I don't know. I, I mean, cricket based on numbers, you'd have to be like Virat Kohli because you'd target an. In, it would be a Bollywood movie, and Virat Kohli would be there. Would be dancing in the middle of it all the time. And every time a boundary is hit, they break out into a, an elaborate dance routine. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I think it would have to be Verat Kohli. Speaking just real Not quick, cricket. Did you see Livingstone hit it out of the stadium the other day? I did. Yeah, biggest six I've ever seen. That was insane. Um, yeah, and consensus opinion within the Sky commentary was the biggest six any of them had ever seen. Um. The thing, too, that makes it impressive is it looked effortless. So it was just pure timing and good technique. And I know... Pure middling. Yeah, it's... You see, I mean, obviously, they hit a ball very, very far. It's not just a big heave of the bat ever. But just the fact that you could... It didn't look like he really put much into it for the ball to go as far and as high as it did. It's the height, too... The distance is one thing, but to clear a whole stand, which is not a, it's not a small stand. Sometimes people say, oh, he hit it out of the ground and it's, 
the ground is a you know a stand with 15 rows and they'll still lose their minds over it this is a three-tiered stand with also a massive roof on top of it it was super impressive did they actually register a meterage to it i didn't see no see this is the thing that frustrated me they waste all their time consistently using those ball tracker stats to tell you how far something went or whatever and then I was watching it with my dad and I said, this is the one time I've ever really wanted to see ball tracker stats as to how far this ball has gone. And nope, nothing. They just kept going. That was really far. I saw that too. Yeah. He crushed it. It was, it, it was good timing too. Cause in baseball, they had just done the home run derby at Coors field, which is always fun to watch at Coors field. Cause the balls just go insanely far and they were hitting moonshots. That was crazy to watch. Yeah, no, that was a good home run derby. Yeah. Oh, good weekend of sport overall. Obviously had Morikawa winning the uh, the Open. First time at drawing, which is pretty impressive. Jordan's a pretty elite club in terms of winning his... I mean, it's only he and Tiger Woods, right, who've won two majors at the age that he is. So... Which I always feel better. the 25th birthday, isn't yeah. it? I think it's, yeah. Which seems surprising to me. I feel like there would have been more players who would won two before 25. But I always feel bad at the same time because you're going to just get the immediate Tiger Woods comparisons until they're no longer. You know, like everyone, Rory McIlroy had it for a while. Spieth had it for a while. And then you're going to have a couple down seasons that Tiger Woods never really had until injuries and other issues be- kind of came into his game. And then they'll just forget you. Yeah, I mean the thing that we were, we watched the end of it, but unfortunately it was it ended at eleven, uh, our time, which is pretty crazy. But it's crazy to think Morikawa is only three years younger than Spieth. Yes, they, which they That's kept insane. referring That's to. That's insane to me. During the British coverage, they kept, Nick Faldo kept speaking about this because a big part of Jordan Spieth's return to form has been. He said that he wanted to start playing like a like a youngster again, which Nick Faldo was like, "You're still really young." So this idea that you he he was like I, he was he kept joking about the fact that I think um, Spieth had said he wanted to get his swing back to being a teenager and being young again, and Faldo kept remarking, "Just wait until you try to swing like a teenager when you're 55." But <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I like Morikawa a lot. Um, I also think it's nice when Morikawa wins because he has a very approachable golf game from the standpoint that you kind of feel like you could do it. Like, If you see what I mean. Like when I watch Dustin Johnson hit a drive as far as he does consistently, there's no part of me that really thinks I could go on a golf course and do what he does. Whereas the key to Morikawa's game is I mean, he drives the ball still a long way by normal people's standards, but fundamentally it's his iron play and just accuracy and good course management. And so as an amateur golfer, you kind of watch it and think, I could maybe do that. You know, like the best, he just hit the best version of my shot. He did it for 18 holes, but he hit the best version of my shot. And so I think that's kind of nice for golf to have, which is the same with Spieth but to have people winning who aren't sort of doing things that a normal person just couldn't even contemplate. Well, it's the Bryson thing as well, isn't it? It's like he comes across a bit more of a, 
Well, I, I guess it's interesting to see whether Morikawa will actually be like a superstar in terms of the way Woods was both charismatically, like with the media. A lot of people seem to put it there. But the, the one thing I really liked about Morikawa in this one was um, his putting was so good in the final round. Um, it, it's always been something he's carried. It's like really good iron play, really good play off the tee, but is the putting there? Lo and behold, he produced like a really, really good display on the green. So it's starting to come across as this complete player. He's coming across a bit of a superstar. Like, do you think false dawn? Well, we don't know, right? But, you know, you've seen the, all these false dawns with people when they're young and they get overhyped. He doesn't look like someone that will kind of board that and get too involved, but... I think you've got a great player to watch for sure. Yeah, I think the full storm thing is almost harsh. I just think what Tiger Woods did was so incredible. And I think we just don't appreciate the fact that Dominic, I think I saw the other day, his win percentage is 22% on tournaments he entered, has entered as a professional. It's just unfathomable. And I think part of it is we keep expecting, well, when's the next guy going to come along and win 10 of the next 16 majors or whatever? And the reality is that we'll just probably, it won't happen for 50 years. And, you know, Rory McIlroy is a great golfer who had a period where he was untouchable. And Spieth is a great golfer at a period when he was untouchable. And, you know, whoever else, you know, you can run through a list of names over the last 15 years of people who've had these great periods. And I think... It won't happen for a while, but we just need the memory of Tiger Woods to fade slightly so that we stop comparing them to that level of unattainable greatness and more to just appreciating them. It's going to happen in tennis too, right? We've discussed it a little bit, but the next generation of tennis players are not going to win 20 majors. And so someone's going to win, you know, eight and it's going to be, well, it's not Roger Federer though, right? It's gonna take. It's gonna take until that memory fades a tiny bit until we then start to appreciate someone for winning just eight majors and not dominating a sport for fifteen years. And it's gonna happen in football with Tom Brady. Same idea. Yeah. So what you're saying is you need Tiger Woods to drive off into the distance as opposed to drive off into a ditch. Yeah, I think he's tried to do that, but <laughs> he hasn't quite pulled it off yet. Only thing he's failed at. <laughs> but but um. Keep shaking it, like, yeah. It just... <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, he um, but no, it was good. And yeah, I think you're right. He hit some clutch putts, uh, you know, especially I think I think it was on the 16th, which was when Spieth got back to within one, and he had a par putt, and you just had that feeling of if he makes it, it's over, which it was. But if it missed, and suddenly it, it stays at a one shot difference, then suddenly it gets interesting because now you've got two, three holes to play and all it takes is a birdie from one person or a bogey from you. And, and, um, and yeah, no, he's, and, and that was the only shame to it was that it wasn't the most thrilling final day because it, he kind of got a stranglehold on it pretty early and then just never let it slip. And the fact yeah. that Ustazen kind of fell away a bit and Spieth, got involved, but he was starting from further back anyway. So that was the only thing that was a little bit disappointing was it you kind of knew I was flicking more to other things because I, I thought there would be more drama elsewhere. You had the, the excitement of the, the British Grand Prix going on simultaneously. You had Mark Cavendish failing in his attempt to win 
his 35th stage of the Tour de France. So I was kind of end the cricket. I was kind of keeping an eye more on other things, just knowing that it looked like Morikawa kind of had it in the bag. Sam, I'm surprised you didn't bring up your jealousy of Bezos as we were talking about Space Jam. Oh, what? That would have been a good transition. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the fact that Bezos is going to space tomorrow? Yeah. So, so, off air, Eddie, before you had joined, Sam was very jealous that he was not going to go up in a spaceship shaped like a penis up into space for four minutes and in zero zero gravity i I love i love how you've taken like a 10 minute conversation and taken like four sentences and just moved them around to fit your penis part in fairness sam (laughs) he could have moved that around in a worse way (laughs) so sam you are you are agreeing to what you had said no not in that not in that order but uh yeah he's going up in what appears to be like a giant looking penis ship um, which is always interesting, but um, yeah, I which found... you got to admire the you got to admire the balls. Not to have that be a pun, but because if it explodes and if his sort of farewell to his life is exploding <laughs> in a penis-shaped spaceship, it's <laughs> quite, for everyone to see. It's quite the way to sign off. <laughs> but, oh, and man. obviously don't want, don't want him to die but in all seriousness sam do you want to go to space would you if given the option if he called you up and said do you want to get on the flight tomorrow do you do you go um yeah i'd love to but what i got what i found a bit curious about this was that they're up there for like four minutes they're over the carton line i can't remember what it's called but they're over the line for like four minutes i don't know why but that just feels like not long enough it feels like I'd be getting a bad deal. Like I don't, well, also, I don't want. I don't want like a weekend away at the ISS. But I just feel like fifteen minutes, maybe. I don't well, know. also, also, I was speaking about this with some friends the other day, and Olivier, who who you two know, who knows more about this stuff than I do, also then explained this is only space at the moment as we know it, but it may be realigned in the future so that in the future, they may not have technically gone to space. If you see what I mean, they're reaching the threshold at the moment that is likely to change in the not too distant future, which would be really disappointing to go through all this fanfare and effort. And then five years from now for people to say, no, actually that was just a really high flight, but uh, technically not space anymore. I have to admit, I've got zero interest, zero interest in going into space. Really? So that was going to be my question is, if you took the risk out of it and said 100% chance you're coming home, you're not going to explode in a penis ship, then do you do it? Because my answer no. would definitely be yes, for sure. I'd go and like live on the International Space Station for a little bit. That could be interesting and get to experience but, that. But just to, sh- to just go into space, see the curvature of the Earth. I, to me, that's one of those things where I'm sure it's an amazing. I'm not downplaying it. I get, I get that it would be incredible, but part of me would just, I can just watch this on TV. I, I, just show me the images, and I'll. I know I won't appreciate like- it in the same way, but it, it doesn't fall. I'd rather go in a submarine than go into space. What to space? You want to go <laughs> just fire a off a submarine to sp- yeah. into space? Yeah, just put me in a U-boat, <laughs> strap some rockets to it, and fire me up there and see what happens. 
I'd do that. But I just like how you said, like, I'll go to the ISS and live there for a bit, almost like it was some sort of job share with someone up there. <laughs> like you would, So they would come down and do your job for a few days. You'd be up there for a good long weekend. I mean, I think the ISS, the ISS lifestyle could potentially be perfect for me. That I will say. That might be, that might have been where I missed my calling of just becoming an <laughs> What astronaut. is it that I mean, appeals to you? Um, probably the general sense of nothing to do for a sustained period of time, <laughs> apart I from there, a few I think your schedule tasks. is nonstop. I don't think it is. Whenever you see no, them, I, I don't think, I think it is. They have I think every they try and make it seem, scheduled. Every 15 minutes. Give me a break. And also, if you stop doing stuff, what's going to happen? You're on a space they station. They don't bring you home. They don't yeah. bring you home. I mean, I mean, that's the biggest opportunity to tell your boss to just leave you alone. Come and get yeah, me. Yeah, if you don't fulfill, if you don't fulfill your job obligations, they they fire someone out into space. Yeah, like. <laughs> but no, I think. Look, and I know that they do stuff up there. I'm not implying that they just go up there and and watch TV. I know that they are actively engaging in scientific research and all sorts of different things. But I think, yeah, that would have been that appeals to me. Same going in like the Arctic. Like living in one of those Arctic stations and just being trapped there for a winter, I could be fully on board with that. I think in one of the British Antarctic research stations, like someone got COVID, and I was like, "How? That's really special That's for you to like to get it off a penguin or something like that." Yeah, but no, I think, and I guess, look, it would be a challenge, but I, th- I think a hundred percent, I could. That's really what I probably should have done. Oh well, next time. Did you ha- did you have a moment like an interview where like you turned up late or something, and now you regret? Yeah, I had an interview, or... Sam, for the International Space Station, and I didn't quite make the cut. <laughs> Just doing admin on the ship. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They needed an office manager on the ISS. They, they needed some marketing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the ISS doesn't have the reputation we would have hoped for. You know, it's a pretty big deal, but no one in space has heard of it. It's bigger ships like the Sevastopol, like you know. Well, that's got an alien running around it. Would you be fearful of that, Eddie? Of an that alien that would turn into yeah, like alien, like the xenomorph. You mean if or... you put me in the movie Alien? No, no, no. If you were on the International Space Station, would you at any point be like, I'm slightly fearful of something like this happening? Uh, probably. It would cross my mind. I don't think I'd be terrified, but I think you'd have those moments where you'd be alone and realize how alone you were. And then you might have, I want to get out of this room a little bit more quickly than I probably should, but I also want to look a little bit more composed just in case someone's watching me. I'm sure you'd have those moments. You'd hear something and kind of think, I don't want to be here right now, but and kind of do like a speed walk in the direction of where someone else was. Now, uh, talking of people living in in isolation, though, the the first few Olympic athletes have been arriving. Obviously, not everything has gone totally smoothly because they've had some people breaking the Olympic bubble. They've had some positive COVID tests. I don't know if you also saw the other big news was that there were rumors going around that the Japanese had intentionally built beds out of cardboard to stop the athletes from, from having sex. Eddie, call them what they are. They're anti-sex beds. Okay. <laughs> but these rumors have been proven to be false. As in Irish gymnast. Oh, fake. Yeah, an Irish gymnast 
got on his bed and jumped up and down quite aggressively to try and prove that the beds were pretty stable and nothing happened. Now, admittedly, he's a gymnast, so he's a pretty small guy. I was going to say, I don't buy it because he's, he's a gymnast. I don't, he only weighs 100 pounds to begin with. But he's, so he's, he's jumping up and but he's yeah, but jumping, it's jumping up and down. No, but it doesn't, you could be 10 pounds and jumping up and down on cardboard and you're going to have a result on it. Put it this way, and I know that this person will be listening, but based on what I witnessed, it would have passed the Jake <laughs> sex test. <laughs> <laughs> So the other reason that people are calling it the anti-sex, well, first off, it's made of, it is made of cardboard. It's fully made of cardboard, the bed, which is strange, but it's obviously, you know, a promotion towards, I think it's a hundred percent recyclable and everything like that, you know, kind of bring awareness, but they've also banned alcohol sales completely in the village. And one of the more, talking points of all the Olympics is like the condom sales. You know, they have like a million condoms they put out at the Olympic village or whatever it is this year. They've only or allocated one third as many as they did at Rio. And the officials have made it clear that they are intended for athletes to use only once they were back in their home countries. (laughs) Well, like a souvenir condom. Yeah. Pretty good. It's like your goodie bag. You're going away goodie bag. I wouldn't say no. I'd take some Olympic condoms with me. If nothing else, if you were single and then you went out to a bar, it would be a pretty good... If someone was doubting whether or not you were Olympian, you could at least pull out your Olympic condoms as proof. Do you think they're colored like gold, silver, bronze? Probably. Do you think they have like the Olympic rings? Bronze. So you gotta use you gotta use multiple at night to have the full Olympic experience. Another good good way to convince someone. But uh but yeah, no, um no, I thought it was interesting seeing the teams arrive, seeing the accommodation looks nice though. I will have to say. they they looks the village looks pretty nice. The the rooms I was interested to take a look because obviously Tokyo you expect everything to be small. The rooms themselves look fairly spacious, so lots of room for activities. Are you looking forward to it? The Olympics? What is it? Kickoff? Well, kickoff. An opening ceremony on Friday, and then you start oh, off with girls love the opening ceremony. Oh my! If you're out there listening, make sure you get yourself to a bar for the opening ceremony. It's girls gone wild during the Olympic opening ceremonies. <laughs> Maybe take yourself some Mardi Gras beads just in case. Toss those around. I didn't say it's like Girls Gone Wild. That is a false accusation. <laughs> <laughs>